The presiding bishop of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, under the direction of the First Presidency and with the help of his counselors, administers the temporal affairs of the church. This includes, but is not limited to, tithing, fast offerings, welfare programs, humanitarian aid, and building projects. One thing that is certainly not part of the presiding bishop's job description is pianist. But when his friend Nicholas Giusti asked Bishop Gerald Cosset to record an album of piano duets with him, he couldn't say no. The result is an album with a title that describes how they felt while recording it in a single word, joyful. Gerald Cosset is the presiding bishop of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and is an accomplished pianist. Before his full-time church service, Bishop Cosset's career was in the food industry, where he worked with several supermarket chains and food distribution companies in France. Nicholas Giusti is an acclaimed Italian composer and opera conductor. He has had great success with many operatic productions performed throughout the world. He is currently an adjunct professor at BYU and UVU and a musical director for the Utah Vocal Arts Academy. This is All In, an LDS Living podcast where we ask the question, what does it really mean to be all in the gospel of Jesus Christ? I'm your host, Morgan Jones, and I'm so grateful to have Nicholas Giusti and Bishop Gerald Cosset in studio with me today. Welcome. I already warned them that I'm probably going to mispronounce their names, so thank you both for being here, and please forgive me in advance for any mispronunciation. No problem. problem. (laughs) Absolutely problem. Well, I am so, so excited to talk with both of you. I think that your friendship is so neat. And I have my first question is, you're both European. So does this create an instant bond with anyone else that's from Europe? Or is your friendship unique? And how did the two of you become friends? Well, the Italians and the French are like cousins. There is yeah. only the Alps in between our two countries. Okay. So uh, we have a natural bond, and uh, that helps. But Nicholas, you should know that he's absolutely French and French. He can speak French like a Frenchman. <laughs> so that facilitated our first contacts and becoming friends as he would speak that beautiful language. Yeah. How did the two of you originally meet then? So it was in Rome. I was at that time serving as a 70, as a member of the area presidency of the church in Europe. Uh And I was assigned to preside at a state conference in Rome. And so on Saturday evening, we had the Saturday evening session and, and I invited the members to ask questions. The first question was asked by a man sitting on the front row with his wife and two children. He stood up and he said... I've been a member of the church for only a few months. Before I met the missionaries, I had a million questions in my life about the gospel and about the meaning of life. But since I've met with the missionaries, they have answered all my questions. I don't have any other question. Is it okay? (laughs) And I laughed, and it was the first time I heard from Nicholas. And at the end of the meeting, I went to him and wanted to get to know him and he answered me in beautiful French, and, and uh, I learned about his being a musician. I, I love the music myself, and it was the starting point of our friendship. 
That's so neat. Nicholas, you're a convert of how long now? How long have you been a member of the church? 11, 11 years. 11 years? Yeah. And, and how did... 2008. Okay. How did you originally come in contact with the church? Huh. It, it's strange because when I... I I worked many, many years in, in Switzerland and I worked just around uh, maybe 20 years, just around Zollikofen. I got Zollikofen is when, where is the, the, the temple is in Switzerland. Okay. Okay. And for 20 years, I, I worked around the temple. I never saw the temple. I never heard about missionary, never heard about the, the Mormon church. Never heard about Mormon Tabernacle Choir, no? Or Tabernacle Choir. No, And I never heard about nothing. And when I, I, we baptized with my family in 2008, we, uh, no, 2009, because we, we, we went to the temple after one year, after our baptism. And and when they told me that there is a temple in Solikofen, what? I I worked just around and and was at ne- no people, no person told me about the temple, about the 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 church, no one time in my life. And I discovered the church occasionally after my my wife met with one friend and he started to talk about the family, the children. And uh, and then the church, and we received the missionary, and to Mount we baptized. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but before that th- that time, I never heard about the church. Wow. No one thinks. So what you're telling me is we're falling down on our job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I worked in Bern. Bern is just 15 miles from yeah. the temple. I lived many years in Jägenstorf, two miles close at Solikov and never heard about the church. Wow. Never. No one thinks. And Bishop Kose, your family, your parents are converts to the church. How did they come in contact with the gospel? Two missionaries okay. who knocked on their door. And I don't think they were ready. Uh, they didn't practice their religion too much. But they felt something, and they received the missionaries first because they were interested in becoming friends to American boys of their age, and they were curious of learning more about America. And my father was a lover of jazz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they heard about the story of Joseph Smith, and that made them laugh a lot. <laughs> but because they laughed a lot, they wanted the missionaries back. <laughs> and so after three months, they... Uh, gain a testimony of the gospel. And they were baptized in a collapsible swimming pool in the missionary's apartment because there was not one meeting house in the whole country of France in 1963. When they were baptized, it was uh, just a, a few months after I was born. So I like to say that I may have had my birth, may I have had an influence on my parents becoming interested in the gospel. Yeah. And how have each of you seen the gospel bless your families? It's difficult to imagine. Sometimes I I think, what would my family be if missionaries had never knocked on the door of my parents? 
It's difficult to imagine. I can't imagine it because most of the blessings I have in my life are the direct product of, of the gospel. Of my wife, our children, my parents. And so I am very grateful to my parents because they were bold, very bold. In the little branch that they joined, there were only maybe 10 members, 15 members, and many more missionaries than members. <laughs> and so you had to be bold and somewhat led by the Spirit to make that decision to, to be baptized in the church. But it was the best decision for my life. Thank you. And the life of my family. What about for you, Nicholas? I, I remember one story when Lorenzo, my son, served the mission in 2010, just two years before, uh, after our conversion. Wow. And my father was a little scared about this because all my family are Catholic. And he told me, but where, where are, where is he, Lorenzo are going, you know, he's going in the mission. I explained him what, 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 what is the mission. And after three or four months, uh, one, one, one day he, he called me on, and he, and he said to me, you know, Nicholas, I have to tell you one history. When we were in Belgium, when, when you were, you was, you were at the three or four years old, we received a missionary. I never, I never heard this history before this, that, that, and he started to cry, my father, when he told me this history and we received two young missionary, American missionary and and he, they knocked in, in the, the, the door and, oh, we are a missionary from the LDS. He remembered, he remembered that, that the name because, because we baptized just uh, two years before. And he, he didn't, he, he doesn't want to, uh, to take the, the missionary in house, but mm -hmm. he, he said, okay, you can enter just if you, uh, rescue my father because his father was died, and the missionary uh, said in that time we cannot do this kind. He was uh, just a little rude with the missionary. He he closed the door, and in that moment when he called me, he was crying because now he realized the people could do the same thing that Lorenzo in mission when Lorenzo was in in England. Uh, and he cried all the time because he was irregular, irregular this, this kind of the behavior, you know? Behavior. Yeah. And after maybe this is, this was maybe eight years ago. And when we came in, uh, in, in Utah, after, we moved in Utah from Italy four years ago, maybe around four. We went in the first time in Orem, and in in the one evening that we were in the one ward, and we received uh, one brother in this ward, and when he came in my house, uh, he started to speak around. He was around seventy. He he 
he started to talk about his mission, his uh, everything here. And he told me, my brother served a mission in Belgium a long time ago. Hmm, okay, wow, interesting. And uh, uh, when he served? Around, ah, around 1963, 64. Hmm, wow, it's incredible. I was th- three, four years. Okay, short story. His brother was who knocked in the door in my, oh, I my, brought my, my father. I was shocked in that moment. And he told me that he gave me the, the, the number, the phone number. I called him and he remembered my house. He remembered my, my street. street. Every, every, he remembered my father was too rude with him, but he, and he, understood why, why he was uh, obsessed. He was uh, scared about the lost uh, his father. Right. But incredible. This is the gospel. The gospel, I realized the gospel, we are just like one family, but spread in everywhere in the world. But in some, somewhere we, we are together all, all the time. It's incredible, no? From Belgium or um, incredible connection. It all connects. <laughs> all connect, yes. That's amazing. This is the gospel, yes. That's yes. so the neat. big family. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I I couldn't help but think, Bishop Kose, when you said that when your family joined the church, that your branch was so small and that there were no ward buildings, meeting houses. And I couldn't help but think now in both the countries where you are from, there are temples. So there's a temple in Paris now, and there's a temple in Rome. Rome. How do you both feel about that? It's marvelous. <laughs> I just think that all my life, almost since I was born, I've prayed for a temple in France. Uh, if I think my children, uh, when the temple was uh, dedicated two years ago in Paris, my our youngest daughter was 19. When the temple was announced, she was just born. Hmm. So it took 19 years to get there. Wow. And so for Noemi, our youngest daughter, she has prayed almost every day of her life until the age of 19 for a temple to be dedicated. So it was a long process. But now that I think about it, sometimes it's good to have a long process of preparation. And when the temple was dedicated, I think all the saints and friends rejoiced, but were ready to use it and to take the names of their ancestors and also to take their friends to see the temple. And people were proud of it. For the first time, it felt that the church was out of of obscurity in our country. And I just returned from the, the Rome temple dedication. We were there with President Nelson in the First Presidency and the Twelfth. And uh, I just uh, thought about mm. of Nicholas every day, oh. and what a blessing it is for his family yeah. to, to have a temple in his own country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the Rome Temple for me is like the lamp in the this big city. This is the lamp, the the light. And uh, every day when I I I think about the, the temple. I remember one member who sang with me in the choir uh, in the groundbreaking. His name is Magro Grassi. He's from 
the south, south, south Sicily. And one day he he told me, I am I am going to the temple in in Solikov in Switzerland because this was just the temple, no? And oh, from Agrigento, yeah, yeah, Syracuse, Agrigento. And how many hours you 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 have to drive? Maybe forty, forty-two. 40. I I think about I, every every time I. I think that the temple, the Rome temple, I re- I remember this, this member now is happy, yeah, because he have to drive, he has to drive just twelve hours <laughs> from Agrigento, Syracuse. Yeah, he touched me a lot, this man, because forty hours yeah. with with the normal car, with the uh, very humble man. I always feel like. I, I grew up in North Carolina, and where we were, we often traveled like three and a half hours to the D.C. temple until the Raleigh temple was built. And now I think about it, and I'm like, I work right across the street from the Salt Lake temple, and I think I take it for granted. And so yeah, yeah. regardless of the distance, I think we don't appreciate the temple enough. I, I think a, a lot about it every day because now I can see a temple from the window, windows of my house. Mm-hmm. And so every morning when I wake up, I go and, and have my breakfast and I look to the temple. And I think of when I was a young boy and it would take uh, two days to get to the temple in Switzerland. And it's almost as if I have to pinch myself and, and I say to myself every time I see the temple, you must not consider this as commonplace. Don't get used to seeing the temple every day. This is a miracle every day. Yeah. Bishop Kose, when you were growing up in France and you said that you've prayed almost your whole life for a temple, did you ever imagine that you would have the opportunity to be so involved in getting these temples around the world? I think that's so amazing. You'd never imagine those things. (laughs) Never. I, I would never have imagined it. Certainly not. I don't know if if I would have wished to be part of it because it felt to me such a huge work. But now that I am in this, I I feel grateful every day and feel humble to see those houses of the Lord being built. And every time that we go to a dedication, I I meet with our project managers and I say, "Who did that?" And they say, "Not me, not me, not me." And I would say, probably the Lord did. <laughs> and it's, it's good to be an instrument in the hand of the Lord because we realize that we are only a very small part in this work. Absolutely. Hmm. When, did, <laughs> when did the two of you become interested in music? Nicholas, I'll let you start first. I don't remember when because I was, I was a child. I can just count you the short story when... I start to to become musician, maybe to study music. We were in Bruxelles, in the Belgium capital. We were in the dinner with uh, our the, my father, mom, friend. Yeah, the same age, my parents. I was a child, three three years before. This I remember this, <laughs> and we finished the dinner, and 
as a as a child when you you are in the new house you 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 want to discover one place no okay i opened one door and i i saw one instrument was a piano i opened this piano i start to play the mel- melody maybe i don't know something like frere jacques no? i played one in one little piece my father was in the dinner room with my mother they came with you, you play piano and i i remember my answer yes it's easy for me i did oh it's incredible my father okay tomorrow i will go to the academy i get <laughs> and from this moment my father start to it's incredible you play easier without lesson without okay this piano was my first piano they bought this piano exact i i played the first piano in my life this piano became my piano my first piano and the piano was gibert paris the first <laughs> upright piano oh gibert, wow yes And I play this piano. They bought this piano. I start in that moment, four years old. Around. Wow. Well, I can tell you it doesn't usually go that way for people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I took a lot of piano lessons. Yeah, a yeah. lot of money wasted. But, okay. I just, I play one little melody. of But in my, in my brain, I, I, I was at the perfect pitch. Yeah. I discovered after I, I you have, you have perfect pitch, uh, Bishop. Yeah, yeah the, the, my parents found out about my perfect pitch, and I don't know what it meant, but they said you have perfect pitch and you need to to learn music. So that's how we started. Wow! I was seven years old at that time and started with piano lessons at home, and then went to the conservatory of music in the the place I lived in, and and uh, always loved it. Yeah. Until at some point, I had to decide whether I wanted to focus on music or on something else like business. Mm-hmm. And I was not brave enough to do like yeah. him, or maybe I was not good enough or smart yeah. enough, but but uh, finally decided that I would rather uh, go into a business school so I could earn enough money for my family, but always kept playing music and keeping as close as possible to other musicians because often people ask me, is it really what you wanted to do to be the presiding bishop or to, and I always <laughs> say I never had that as a plan in my life, but for sure, if you had any calling proposed to me, the one, the, the first number one I would like to have in the church would be to be the organist of the Tabernacle Choir. <laughs> but for some reason, the Lord had some other plans for me. And anyway, I don't have the skills for that. <laughs> well, speaking of callings, Nicholas, you mentioned before, or I heard that you mentioned that your favorite calling that you've had was as primary pianist. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Tyrosville in that time. Yeah. And why do you love that calling? Yeah, because I... I I think I don't know exactly, but I think the the Christ voice is the children, the voice. And when I when I listen the or when I hear the the children sing or the children voice, I I can imagine what the God voice, and 
I say, I can say this in Italian. Uh, venite che i bambini, lasciate che i bambini vengano a me. Uh, laissez les, les enfants. Don't, don't look at me, I don't speak any no. Italian. <laughs> no, 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 mais laissez les enfants venir à moi. Oh. It sounds okay. beautiful. Whatever it is you're saying, we could listen to you say it all day. But laissez les enfants venir à moi. Je sais pas dire en anglais. Yeah, I may have children come to me. I, yeah. I don't even know. Oh, you know, okay. I, I read the, the Bible in French first before reading it in English. Yes. <laughs> this phrase was in my brain all Suffer the, the time. Suffer the little children all to come unto me. Yeah, come unto me, yes. And this, and when the children sing, they sing naturally, uh, Uh, no stress, no with professional thinking. No, they sing with heart. They sing with love, and this kind, the singing touched me more than professional uh, domain. Yeah, we we have that thing in common because my <laughs> first calling in the church was also to be the pianist in primary, but it was a different age. I was twelve years old. I was just out of primary and happy to be out of primary and invited back in. Oh, my goodness. But I loved playing the piano for the children, and I got emotional so many times. Yeah. Just simple songs, mm. but beautiful spirit. Mm. That touched my heart. And I believe that it was instrumental in in my strength in my testimony in the gospel and And, and choosing to to put the gospel first in my life. It was one of those experiences that as a young person you need to yeah. have, to feel the spirit. And, and I was very grateful for the bishop who invited me to, 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 to serve in the primary. He had to be bold for that yeah. because you would like to be in a young man's, probably the Aaronic Priesthood class or quorum, but uh, he felt that that would provide me with experiences that were very valuable in my life. Well, I have to tell you my, because we now all three have this in common, I don't play the piano, but I was the primary chorister mm. my senior oh. year of high school. Oh. And I was kind of going through a little bit of a hard time at that time. And I got that calling and it was just like the biggest blessing for me. And so I do think there's, there's power in those primary songs and in children's voices. And I think music is so important. And, and that's something that I wanted to ask you about, Bishop Kose. Obviously, the church places a large focus on music. It's a big part of what we do in the church. And the church puts monetary resources behind making sure that we have that in our in our sacrament meetings and extra activities and programs and things. Why Why do you believe that music is so important in worship? It's interesting to note that with the new Sunday schedule, we used to have sharing time in primary. It's now called singing time. So we reduce a lot of things, but we care that singing. <laughs> that is such a core way to learn about the gospel, to to learn to sing from a young age. And the reason is, that music is one of those channels uh, of the spirit. It's an international language, if you think about it. Mm. I was recently in Sao Paulo, in Brazil, involved in a devotional with 600 young people from Brazil. And I had an idea of singing hymns from the pulpit. 
in French because primary songs, I don't know them in Portuguese, obviously, but not even in English. I learned them in French. So I started singing a number of, of songs in, in French. And 600 voices responded to me in Portuguese singing the same hymns. And so if you think of uh, we are the same family all around the world, and those 600 kids, they have been raised in Brazil on another continent that I was raised. And yet we have the, a common language, the language of music, and we can understand each other, and it conveys the spirit. Yeah. When you two had this idea to create this album together, obviously that takes some time and coordination and practice, but why was creating this album important to you? Can I make it clear? Nicholas <laughs> had the idea. I would never have that idea because <laughs> I didn't think I was able to do that. <laughs> I knew he was able. I knew, we, I all, knew. we all need somebody that believes in Absolutely. us, right? I never had adopted about this. Yeah, I know. He is impressive because he can do everything. Incredible. He he can he can practice I don't know where he find the time to do to practice, to prepare everything, to I don't know. This is for me is a uh, one one day I I call him uh, um, Superman uh, something like that. <laughs> you are my <laughs> Superman. Yeah, I imagine to do this uh, to this album because because uh, Bishop Cosse is a, a part what I miss is a spiritual part uh, uh, what I miss. You know, I I need one spiritual part like him. I am musician, but I would love to be like him, spiritual and and strong spirit, and maybe this two. Part uh, I need two parts of me now for for forty years forty yes around in, in two thousand eight until two thousand eight I was musician after two thousand eight I uh, that spiritual uh, spiritual uh, yeah the gospel entered in my life and now I feel complete I could I. It's not. It's not possible to for me to be just musician or just one. I have to be both musician and spiritual being. Yeah. And oh. Bishop could say uh, that this this part of uh, in my life. I love that. Yeah, Nicholas is too kind. Uh, I, but <laughs> I remember when he uh, called me once and said. I I just compose a few arrangements of hymns and I'm going to send it to you and tell me how you feel. So when I received them, I went on my piano and, and started playing and I was amazed how beautiful it was. And I called him back and I said, it's beautiful. And he said, I'm glad you like it because we are going to record this together. <laughs> I was stunned. I said, you are a music, musical maestro. You are a professional and I'm just a simple amateur. And how can I do this? And he said, I believe in you. And I still can't tell the difference between us. And But he covers all my shortcomings. And, and so hopefully in the album, you don't feel it. But um, it's been a wonderful experience for me. Very humbling experience. 
to work with him. Hmm. He helped me to appreciate hymns even more and spiritual music because he has that love for the gospel. He can touch my heart every time. Bishop, please. <laughs> <laughs> do, do either of you or do both of you have a favorite song on the album or a favorite arrangement? No, I, I, this, these are like children. We have six children. I love every, every, <laughs> that's <laughs> what Mac Wilberg told me too. So you're in good company. He wouldn't pick a favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I cannot pick it. Maybe I can suggest one. Yeah. It's the first one on the album. Where can I turn for peace? Uh, and the reason is when he sent me the arrangement, uh, I didn't feel it was a good one. Yeah. Because I always listen to that music, that hymn, thinking of how sad it is and when you need, when you are facing adversity and you need the help of the Lord. And I call him back and say, it's too joyful. It's, it's not appropriate for the theme and the topic. It's all about the atonement of Jesus Christ. And then I received a lesson on the phone. And he said, uh, President Nelson would, would say, Happiness is nothing to do with the circumstances of our life, but everything to do with the focus of our life. And said, no, we, the atonement is in a way a joyful event that we need to celebrate. And there is a lot of joy in the good news of the gospel, including in the atonement of Jesus Christ. And he was right, and I, I, I feel it's the most beautiful hymn on the album because it reminds me of that experience and what I learned with Nicholas. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. Well, Bishop Kose and Nicholas, I cannot tell you how, what a delight it has been to be with you today. You both have such a, you mentioned Bishop Kose's strong spirit that he has with him, Nicholas, but I would say that you have the same spirit with you. Oh, so thank, thank you. you for sharing it with us. I just have one last question for you. And that is, what does it mean to you to be all in the gospel of Jesus Christ? To be in, in, in the gospel, uh, to me, it's like to play one big orchestra, big choir, and realize exactly what is, what is the composition from, maybe from one big composer like Mozart, like uh, Strauss, like Puccini, and to realize the the complete uh, meaning that that you are accomplished uh, without the, the gospel, you can do everything, but you you will miss something in in everywhere. In uh, I don't know where you miss something, but you are like one one person have oh I. Yes, exactly what what uh, what happened in my, with my wife when we start to to have the first meeting with the missionary. That the question was, we miss something. We don't know what we miss without the gospel, but we miss something. And the question was, what we miss? And we answered together the faith, of course, together. And the gospel. Uh, is like the, the 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 last things you need to complete what you are doing. 
It's import. It's little things. It's big things. It's all things. It's everything. <laughs> I love. I love that you tied that into an orchestra because that's what you know best, right? Yeah, 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 I yeah, love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> what about you, Bishop Kose? To be all in the gospel. Mm-hmm. It is to seek every day of your life to be an instrument in the hands of the Lord. It's not to seek a personal reward, but to seek this incredible blessing of being a tool that the Lord will help, will use, so he can bless others. And I believe that this is what we try to do. It's not about each of us being good performers. It's about how we can convey the testimony that we have the gospel to others through music. Thank you. I love that. He's my Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both so much. This has been so such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are so grateful to Bishop Kose and Nicholas for taking the time to be with us. You can find their new piano duets album, Joyful, in Deseret Bookstores beginning May 10th. For more episodes of All In, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Bookshelf Plus, or by visiting ldsliving.com slash podcasts. And as always, please don't forget to leave a rating or a review. We hope you have a wonderful week and we'll look forward to being with you again next week. Thank you.